mistletoe I'm gonna get to know you better It's Christmas And as we trim the tree How much fun it's gonna be together This Christmas Fireside is blazing bright Oh, we'll caroling through the night everybody thank you for joining us at the view church uh xmas eve service we're so glad that you have decided to join us uh that one was a little bit of a type of a special song this next song is a song where we all participate right so we want you guys to sing along with us here we go pretty easy tune sing this out come on No crib for a bed The little, the little Lord Jesus Lay down his sweet head And the stars in the sky Look down where he lay The little Lord Jesus Asleep on the Stay by my cradle till morning is 
Christmas to each and every one of you. We like to uh, pass the grace and the peace with each other at, uh, at the View Church a lot. So we're going to do that right now. But let's do this. Turn to the person next to you and uh, tell them what you're wishing for for Christmas this year. Maybe you'll get it. And then when you're done with that, you can be seated. Joseph's old town. They ride a donkey. (laughs) A camel. Oh yeah, a camel. She said, this donkey's fast. They tried to go to a hotel and they asked the keeper um, for a place to stay. The keeper said, we have no rooms. Literally, no rooms. (laughs) So Mary and Joseph walked away sadly, but then he said, the only place in here in Bethlehem, hand that that you can stay stay is a staple, and then he just pointed the way and they followed. When the shepherds were taking care of the sheep, then they saw angels. The angels said, "A new baby is getting born, who is king of the Jews." The angel were singing. And then the shepherd said, I think we should go there and meet him. The second, I think, said, yeah, I agree with you. And the other said, yeah, me too. They had to walk through a bunch of grass and bushes. 
maybe have to camp out at night. And then the light then heard about it, and then a star appeared. We should probably follow that star. It's pointing down to the barn. So maybe we should follow it. Maybe. So the wise men went to Jesus. They gave them gifts. A stuffed animal, like a hippo one, that I have at home. Some diapers, and some wipes, and some milk, some shoes, some Jordans. Gold ring and Latimer. And I don't know how I would survive in that barn. Too stinky, too crowded, and ugh. I think he probably pooped because the room was very smelly. Thank you for coming. He's adorable. He's gonna be our best friend. I love you, and you're the best baby I ever seen. There, I said it. <laughs> the new baby is gonna change the world. Good. Good afternoon, everybody. Merry Christmas. My name is George, and if I've not had a chance to meet you, uh, hello. I hope, to get to, I hope to get to meet you as you're rushing out of here. But we made it. We made it to Christmas 22. So give yourselves a hand. Thank you for coming out. Yeah. We didn't, we didn't know who was going to be here. You know, uh, it, it took the courageous and the brave folks of us to, to come out in this cold weather, right? But this is what we hope for, a white Christmas. We got it. And uh, you're all here, so, um, you know, Christmas is something that we're still doing. Christians have been doing this for thousands of years, minus the photo booth and the spidget spinners. Is that what you call them? Fidget spinners. Kids, you got them? Kids, let me, see your, let me see your fidget spinners. Hold them up for me real quick. Light them up. Let's see them. Yeah. Nice. All right, so hopefully that will keep you busy for a few minutes while we all talk, right? Santa came early, but um, by the way, I want to put you all at ease. I, don't, I do not think Christmas Eve is the time to preach a sermon, but I do want to reflect on the Christmas story for, for just a moment. But before we do that, I want to know what kind of people we have in the room. Is there anybody here that is going to leave here immediately and go get some kind of gift? Is, is there anyone in the room? No one? Okay. Wow, well done. Yes. Um, I, saw, I saw an ad, uh, a commercial uh, the other day, and it was that you can go to a, a convenience store if you need a last-minute gift. Because nothing says, I love you, like those uh, scratch-off jackpot <laughs> things that you could get, or, you know, some sugary uh, energy drink. And I couldn't believe the commercial come in, you know, it, you, you can find something here. But one more thing I want to know, and you come to, we come to church, and often it's a time to confess. So how many in here have re-gifted someone this Christmas? Let's just be honest. Raise your hand if you re-gifted somebody. Okay, no shame. Okay, I, I, there's a few of us. Okay, well, you know how people often say when you go to church that um, the churches often can make you feel more guilty? I want to relieve that guilt. So if you've done that, how many have done it before, have re-gifted before? Okay, most of us in this room. Okay, I want to relieve you of that. What if we change the name of re-gifting? How about this? Passing on the blessing. <laughs> Um, yeah, that, absolutely. Or, or how about this? Keeping love in circulation. Okay? So you all can leave guilt-free. We all do the best we can um, to share with others. So here's what I want to do. Um, I want to just see how much we know about the Christmas story. So I have a quiz. All right? And this is for kids. This is for adults. 
and let's just see how we do. Let's see how much we know. We just had the video kind of prep us, right? All right. So I'll give you, these are A, B, C, and D kind of answers, all right? So I'll just read these and then you guys tell me what you think. Okay. What did the angel say to the shepherds? Rump-a-bump-bum, A. Uh, Joy to the world, the Lord has come, B. Or glory to God in the highest, C. What do you think it is? A, D, we're all over the map. It's C, glory to God in the highest. Yeah, it wasn't rump-a-bum-bum. Which animals does the Bible say were present at Jesus' birth? Camels and donkeys? B, sheep and goats? C, miscellaneous barnyard animals? A, B, or C? What do you say? A, um, the Bible doesn't say. So, but we all know it's camel and donkeys, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, what does the just two more here? What does the Bible say the innkeeper said to Mary and Joseph? A, there's no room in the inn. B, I have a stable you can use. C, none of the above. There is actually no mention of an innkeeper in the Bible. All right. Yeah. All right. One more here. This. Man, we're finding out how much we don't know, right? Um, How many wise men came to see Jesus? Three, six, nine, or 12? Three, three. The Bible doesn't say, but we all know it is three, right? Yes. Um, Friends, I'm going to, I want to light our our Advent candles um, because I forgot to do it before the service. So. this is our Advent candle, candle of love. This is our Advent candle of joy. This is our Advent candle. candle I'm not saying candle. Jeez. Candle of peace. Does anyone know what the fourth one is? Advent candle of hope. So we got these all lit. And then we have the Christ candle in the center. We're going to light that um, in just a few moments. But here's what I want to do. Uh, I want to read to you just a portion of the Christmas story. And then I just want to reflect on it for just a few moments. And then we're going we're gonna to sing some more. And then, as always, we're going to light candles here at the end of the service. But um, there were these shepherds living out in the field, and these angels appeared uh, to these shepherds. And I, I just want to read this to you. Because I think this is really central to the Christmas story. We often hear, by the way, the Bible does not have much of the Christmas story. We have two books, Matthew and Luke, and just a couple chapters So there's very little that we have on the birth of Jesus. But we do have just about four chapters here. But uh, the angel says this. He says, if he's a he or a she, I don't know which, which they were. But they say, do not be afraid. That is one of the most important things in the Christmas story. That these angels keep appearing and shocking people by saying, don't be afraid. So central to the Christmas story is perhaps whatever we might be facing in this moment. It's... Don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah of the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped and closed and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven. And on earth, peace to those whom his favor rests. So the Christmas story is do not be afraid. 
This is good news for everybody. And if it's not good news for everybody, it's not good news at all. And then peace to those because God's favor rests on us. This is the Christmas story. The Christmas story is this joyous announcement that God is love. And we see this reflected by God through Jesus, showing us what love looks like, giving us this love, um, teaching us how to live in this love, and teaching us how to share this love with one another. That's the Christmas story. And it's a joyous announcement. So I don't, I don't know what it is that you came into this room with, but what if the Christmas message is peace? Peace to you. Peace be with you. I think that's the central message of this that, that I want us to take away. But here's, here's something I want to ask you. What story or stories is your heart and life open to that help you navigate the world or navigate your life? I know it's probably not something we go around thinking about often, is it? What story am I you know, holding that is navigating my life? But can I tell you that human beings thrive when they, in their small life, open their life to a larger story. Um, philosophers talk about that there is this um, imminent like experience that human beings have, the things that are closest to us, but then there's this cosmic experience. And human beings actually do better when they're living their lives, lives within a larger story. So I want to just make the argument tonight that the Christ story might be the most beautiful story that a human being can thrive within. That's been my experience. And it isn't because um, every aspect of Christianity that I've, I've gotten or I've understood or, to be quite honest with you, that I've always agreed with. But there's something about this larger story that as I locate my life within it, I begin to experience this kind of thriving in what it means to be a human being, in the way that I relate to others, in the way that I relate to myself, in the way that I relate to God. So I just want to plant this seed in your heart and in our minds tonight that if you're trying to live outside of a larger, bigger story, um, you might be holding yourself back in some way. And um, so, so I just invite you to consider the Christ story tonight. Before you leave, would you consider, maybe for some of us, that's always kind of been there, but maybe tonight's a night to go, I'm going further into that. Like, I'm going to commit more and more to this Christ story and what it might be calling out of me. Because honestly, Christmas is not just about this word coming to a young 13-year-old teenage girl, um, but this is about a word for all of us. The Christ is being birthed not just through this girl, but through every single one of us. So we all have something to answer tonight, to say yes to. So I just want you to consider that. Now here, um, I want to show you this, uh, this writer, um, Frederick Buechner, who just died this year. He's a, one of my favorite writers, a pastor, a novel writer, a theologian. But he says this, our stories are all stories of searching. We search to love and to be loved. We search for a good self to be and for good work to do. We search to become human in a world that tempts us always to be less than human. 
And in a world where it is often hard to believe in much of anything, we search to believe in something holy and beautiful and life-transcending that will give meaning and purpose to the lives we live. Is that not true? Is there not something within all of us we're looking for something to believe in? Something that's beautiful and life-transcending that gives our life meaning and purpose. So I ask you that question, what story, what bigger story are you locating in your life in? On the good days, on your best days, is there a story that you go to with gratitude when you find love or you achieve some kind of success? Is there something in your heart that goes, this is bigger than me, and there's this overwhelming gratitude, like I want to be a part of something that's just more than me. Well, how about this? How about on your worst days when you have been at your lowest place? What larger story are you locating your life in that could be a grounding and a centering that you could fall into? We need these things. We all are longing for something to believe in. Now, in just a few moments, the band's going to come back up. We're going to sing all, Come All Ye Faithful together. But before we do that, I want to give you a different idea of what faithful might mean or what believe might mean for you or what it means to be faithful. So before we sing, because um, I think often we come into a place like this and I, I bet, because I feel this, I bet a lot of us would feel like we're not faithful enough. We haven't done enough to earn this love. Um, you know, there's something within us that needs changing or healing before we could ever be loved. I, I regularly wrestle with that. And I'm some, someone who gets up and teaches this all the time. I've been doing this all my life. But there's this part of me that starts from this place of thinking that I'm not faithful enough. And I don't think that's a good starting place. I don't think it's a good place for any of us to start. So here's just something I, I want you to consider. And it's this, because many of us are taught to see our faith or faithfulness as a cognitive certainty of some, you know, right doctrine or dogma or correct belief. Like, we think that's faithfulness. And can I just tell you, a lot of that is just mental rearranging in our intellect and in our head and our hearts. And I've been on this journey of trying to live my life within this story, one, just as a follower of Jesus, but two, as someone that wanted to teach these scriptures and um, I got to tell you, it has not been the mental arrangement in my intellect and, you know, ascending to these dogmas or correct beliefs that has transformed my life. In fact, I've discovered those things sometimes can shift and change. But there is something of faithfulness that is something other than just believing right. And I want just you to consider this, and it's this. It's honest engagement with God. If there's anything that transforms the human heart more than anything, it's honesty. The times when I found myself in a particular stream or a particular denomination or a particular way of understanding God and this heart wanted to grow, but then I was told, oh, you have to, you have to, you have to see it just like this and like this and like that. And if you don't see it like that, then you're not, you're not in our tribe. And Often it would be you're not in God's tribe. And I've encountered that a lot in life. 
But I, I, don't, I don't think that's where it's at. I don't think it's lining all those things, all that furniture in our head to go, yeah, we got the correct belief. I think this is about honesty. And for me, the times that my heart has grown or I felt a deeper presence of Christ and his light and his love in my life, it's when I've been honest about something and going, I'm not sure I believe that. I'm not sure that I can go with all of my heart into that. But I do sense a presence of God with me. I think I'm going to hold on to that. And maybe these other things I'll hold on a little loosely. Now, here's the truth. Many of those things have, I've come to believe more fully. But a lot of them, friends, I've had to empty out my pockets and just dump it all out and go, this is just weight. And if I think that's what faithfulness is, I'm going to go crazy. Because this group says faithfulness is this, that group says faithfulness is this, this group says faithfulness is that. And then we all, all we do is we fight against each other. And we criticize and we tell the other groups that, yeah, they don't really have the God that we have. And Christianity has fractured and splintered. And I've been a part of that along the way. And none of it has made me a more faithful follower of the experience of Christmas like we're talking about tonight. So here's, here's what Mary does. If the band wants to come on up, um, you guys get ready because we're going to sing. She says this, because I want to present this. What if our doubts are actually going into our doubts and our uncertainty? What if that actually is faithfulness? I've discovered that to be true. Now, Jesus is a great example of that. Um, I had a season in my life recently where I've been reading Psalm 22, and there's this cry of the heart of the psalmist in Psalm 22, where he's like, God, you were faithful to our ancestors. You were faithful to my parents. And I'm trying to follow you in all these things, and I'm paraphrasing this, but God, you seem distant to me, and I'm doing it just like my, my parents said, or my grandparents said. And there's this longing in the heart and this crying out, God, why have you forsaken me? You know what I've discovered? Is that that prayer in Psalm 22 is the same prayer that Jesus prays on the cross when he says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? So here's just, I want you to think about this and maybe let this sink into your heart. But would you call Jesus not faithful for questioning? I question myself all the time for doubting and questioning and a heart that goes, God, why sometimes do you feel so far away? But even Jesus, Jesus says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? What if doubt and us being honest about it is actually the thing that leads us to a deeper kind of faithfulness and an experience of God? I would like to submit that I actually believe that that's, that's possible. And then Mary here, she, she gets this news and she's greatly troubled and she's afraid. And she says, how will this be? She's questioning, isn't she? She's, she's doubting, like, is this word, could it really be true for me? Like, I don't, I don't see it. And then at the end, which is, this is just how I want us to move in to sing this song together tonight. But in uh, Luke chapter 1, verse 38, she says, I am the Lord's servant. 
may your word to me be fulfilled. I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. Friends, if Christmas means anything to any of us in this room, it's that each of us have some word planted in our heart, some life that we're to live. And it's bigger than, than, than you. It's bigger than me. It's bigger than any one of us individually. And we have to answer the question of, I am your servant, God, and I need to live my life within a larger story. I need to trust that perhaps this could be true for me too. So here's just what I want to end with. You don't need heroic faith to experience Christmas. You don't need heroic faith to experience God. And I would even go as far to say is when you're finally being honest about where you're really at and the questions you have, because there could be gratitude toward God, there could be lament toward God, there could be raging. I've raged against God before. And there certainly could be uncertainty and doubt. None of these things surprise God or offend Him. But maybe when we're finally being honest, maybe that's when Christmas really finds our hearts. Because if it's true for Jesus and it's true for Mary, maybe we should trust it too. So how about this? We're all servants. Let's do this. Let's do this. Um, I'm going to invite the band to come up and sing. Maybe you've not considered that faithfulness, maybe you don't even consider yourself being someone who's faithful because of your doubts or because you're raging or because of your lamenting. I say you're faithful if you start there. And God, God will prove to you that that may just be the very best place for you to be. So would you please stand with me and let's sing this and believe that it might be true for us. Joyful and
day it's the darkest day of the year but the very next day light gets a little bit longer as we move towards spring and summer and so um, we're gonna light our candles here in just a moment um, one quick instruction um, because we're gonna light them from the ends and then you're gonna pass them down to you down your aisle down the aisle to the person next to you but if you have a lit candle, here's the way you hold it, straight up. You don't turn it this way, all right? The person who has the unlit candle can turn it toward you because we don't own this place and we do not want to burn it down unless someone in here has a lot of money and wants to pay for it. Um, so uh, if you'll just do that, um, it'll help us all be safe. And, um, but I want to say this, and then we're going to light this Christ candle. Darkness ends when light breaks in. And light breaks in when Christ shows up in the world. Darkness ends when we're willing to share the little light that we have with others and it could become this big light that we have together. Um, God's not given up on the world. That's why light is so important. God's not given up on any person in this room, including me and Nick, who started off our Christmas service with Xmas. Just <laughs> taking Christ out of Christmas. No, I know that's not true, but I, I had to chuckle when he did that. Um, there's, that hope, there's hope for Nick and I, yes. Um, and there's hope when we don't give up on each other. I'm not giving up on Nick. I'm not giving up on any of you. So here's what I want to do. I'm going to light the Christ candle because tomorrow's Christmas is going to be the darkest day that we have. And but from then on, it's going to get light. And may it not just be lit on this table, but may it be lit in our hearts as we share this light. And I want to read this, if we could read this together as a prayer. Come to us, Lord Jesus. Be born in us this night, in our hearts, in our minds, in our lives. May the light of your life be kindled in us. That includes every single one in this room and lead us to the enduring truth of God with us God for us and God in us amen let's sing
God in Jesus Christ. May you follow that pattern of enfleshing love in the world around you, to strangers, to family. And may we be reminded tonight that this story's not done. It's not over, not for you not for the world. And may you realize that Christmas is still happening 
through people like us who open their hearts and they believe in the story of faith, hope. Merry Christmas, everybody.